The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and team. Oh, the Browns. They are the Browns once again after a shellacking last night. We're going to talk about that. You know, it's probably a good week to have maybe somewhat of a light waiver wire show so we can talk a lot about Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield, etc. Welcome, everybody. I will say, guys, Dave, Jamie, we have a waiver wire savior this week. A saver wire. Waver, waver, saver wire. Yeah, there's something there, right? Some pun. No? Sure. Sounds great. You know Love who it, it is? I, is it Gerald Everett? It's Hunter Henry. Could be Hunter Henry. I think Chase Edmonds is uh is, is someone you should go after and, and potentially go after pretty hard. Chase Edmonds is David Johnson's backup. Johnson has a mm-hmm. back injury. You're not you don't think Johnson's gonna play this week? Uh Cliff Kingsbury kinda opened the door that he might not. He said you'll have to monitor him during the week. So if you get the opportunity to pick up the starting running back for the Cardinals against the Falcons, you might as well do it. Yeah, it's a big opportunity there. Uh we're gonna get to that to the waiver wire, but Hunter Henry's owned in less than fifty percent of leagues. It's obviously a guy who was drafted in every league, so uh, he might be yeah, back yeah, this Anthony, week. Anthony Lynn kind of opened the door for that, yeah. Yep, so this could be could be the week for Hunter Henry. Uh, people are not happy about losing two points on the Odell Beckham fumble. Jamie, how are you feeling about Odell Beckham right now? Yeah, I lost, uh, lost the matchup because of it. It was, uh, oh, I was winning 100 to 99 in the league that I share with my son, and we ended oh, up losing 99-98 on the fumble. Did your son tell you to start Beckham, and are you mad at him? Um, we would have started Beckham, obviously. So, no. All right, so we will get to the waiver wire in a moment. Uh, Dave, the Browns kind of stink right now. Baker Mayfield is the number 28 quarterback, I believe, in fantasy. Beckham is 36. That high? Uh, Yeah, Beckham is uh, number 36 in both PPR and non-PPR. Landry is wide receiver 30 and non-wide receiver 34 in PPR. And Beckham has the uh, ninth most targets at the position Landry has the 14th most target, so they're just not getting it done. What do you think fantasy owners should do right now with the Browns? Probably panic a lot, be scared, <laughs> uh, you know, freak out. But what are you going to do? If you if you cut them, they're going to get picked up instantly. If you trade them, you're not going to get what you think is fair value for them. I do think there's a buy low window on both of these guys, but you're if you've got them and you drafted Odell with a top 15 pick, you're not going to trade him in for someone that was drafted in like round six or round seven. And I I think you're going to stay the course with Nick Chubb. I think the one guy that's really easy to get away from is Baker Mayfield. He just looks like he doesn't have it this year. The offensive line is making him skittish. I don't know when that's going to get fixed. There are definitely flashes of a number one overall pick in there. He made some good throws yesterday. Some of them were dropped by Odell Beckham. One was dropped by Antonio Callaway that should have gone for six it doesn't mean that he's going to turn it around and start having a bunch of 300-yard multi-touchdown games. I think the struggle is real with him, and if you want to move on from him for somebody like Gardner Minshew, you can. 
yeah, so Mayfield has Seattle this week. It, it's hard to say if that's a good matchup. I mean, you look at the quarterback ratings against them. It's not so bad. Uh, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's an average. Yeah, right. no, I know. I know. I'm just saying. And then he's got a buy. And then he's got New England right. at De- at New England at Denver, Buffalo. So it, you know, yeah. it's not like he's set up with an amazing schedule or anything. I was encouraged just by the fact that you know, if you look at the stats that matter going into this game, he was on pace for right around 4,600 passing yards. So it sort of looked like, well, if he could just throw some more touchdowns. But this was so bad, and he's constantly under pressure. Um, yeah, I, he's I, locking on receivers. It, it, mm. He doesn't. He doesn't look no. right. And you know, the the Callaway one was should have been such an easy throw. I mean, he threw it behind him, and yeah. you know, Callaway had to uh, try to adjust. Should have caught it, but um, you know, it's just he's not making the easy throws. And I, you know, they're not going to fix the offensive line anytime soon. So that's just it's such an issue. Uh yeah, I'm I'm with Dave. You gotta you gotta cut him. I mean, he's he's not worth holding on to at this point with what the quarterback play is out there that you know, there there's just other guys you could pivot to and uh, Mason Rudolph has more fantasy points than he does at this point. Wow. Yeah. Can I can I think out loud for a second? If we don't like the schedule for Mayfield and we are concerned about Mayfield turning it around. Maybe it's it's not a bad idea to trade Beckham and get what you can for him. Yeah, I, I didn't agree with what you were saying about uh, taking a sixth or seventh round pick for him because there are players that were drafted in that range that are outperforming him that you should absolutely look to explore, especially if you can maybe get two guys still for him um, in that range that um, may end up helping. I'm trying to think. Somebody asked me about a trade yesterday. It was uh, Tevin Coleman. I forget who the receiver was. I wish I remembered. Oh, Will Fuller. Tevin Coleman and Will Fuller for for Odell. The person that was asking me about this was acquiring Odell. Um, it but, seems like it's too but, much, but it it's uh, it's something that if you're hoping that he could turn things around, that's the type of trade you want to make. And for the person that's, you know, giving up Beckham, it's probably somebody that's gotten off to a rough start and hoping that okay, you're catching lightning in a bottle with Fuller because we know when he's hot, he can get really hot. And Coleman looked great last night, so I don't mind that trade at all on either side. So if you remember, I did uh, my first rankings this preseason. I tried rankings for the first time. I actually had DJ Chark ahead of Odell Beckham. And you guys Smart. said, no, no, terrible. So I moved him behind. <laughs> uh, at this point, you would take DJ Chark over Beckham? Uh, I probably would still keep Beckham. I think Beckham could fetch more in a trade than Chark, but I just I love the way Chark's playing. You got to love the production, too. So it's close. Yeah, I want. It's close I guess, between DJ Chark and Odell Beckham. Like uh, would you rather sometimes, have... sometimes players are bust? Yeah, right. The, the, the thing about it is, you go back to you said it, Adam. The the target numbers for for Beckham that even in Baker's struggles, there will still be some big games coming. So just keep that in mind. You know, he's not going to continue to flounder like this. And the last two games have been awful, but the the first three were not bad. Yeah, yeah, um, right, and and. The last two games, he only had six and seven targets. Before that, he had 30 targets, I think, in his first three games. Um, but they tried to get him involved. You know, they they ran some trick plays for him. They got the ball in his hands. He threw a pass, which he's pretty good at. All right, uh, I guess I'll just wrap it up. Like, would you rather have uh, Juju or Beckham rest of the season? Beckham. They're even for me. You can take your pick. Okay. Uh, all right, so that's the Browns. And remember, this was a matchup where 26 of the last 29 wide receivers with six or more targets against the Niners had 70 yards or a touchdown. Landry got it. They both had six targets. Landry got his 75 yards. Beckham got 27 yards. That's four catches for 47 yards. 
over the last two games. We're about to get into waivers. Let me promote a couple things. Another Facebook giveaway. Who is your favorite fantasy player of all time? A lot of people with very personal connections to some uh, football players. Who's your favorite player of all time? Uh, Go there on our Facebook page on Fantasy Football Today on Facebook and let us know. And also we've got uh, just a ton of threads throughout the week where you can get your questions answered. Also want to give out a shout. Finally, a shout out to Duffy from Wisconsin who won last week's contest, your draft day pet peeve. The guy who announces every player that is stolen from him. You can't complain about not getting McCaffrey when you had the eighth pick, Jeff. <laughs> I love how I love how personal he got there. And uh, the iTunes mailbag, keep them coming. Leave us an iTunes review. Give us a five star review. Leave us a question. We'll read them on the show. We do that on Wednesdays and on Saturdays. Any fab busters this week, guys? Anybody you're uh, spending big on? Only if you're looking for one of the three tight ends. Um, and I, I think it's it comes down to what your needs are. Not busters in terms of, like, you know, you're spending all of your your fab money on them. But, I mean, Hunter Henry could be a league winner for you. And so if he if he's right, and hopefully it is this week, I doubt it, but, it, you know, hopefully it is this week, you know, that's somebody that I think if you've been struggling at the tight end position you have an open roster spot to play with, it could be really interesting. The other, the other one would be um, if you don't run waivers on Tuesday – and they run on Wednesday night, and we find out that David Johnson's injury is significant, or he's going to, forget about significant, he's going to miss this week. If he's going to miss this week, it's the same thing like you got out of Wayne Gallman. You know, you spend 25, 30%, if not more, to guarantee yourself the chance at a win, and if Chase Edmonds is going to be the starter for the Cardinals against the Falcons, that's a guy that can help you win. So just keep an eye on that if you run waivers, not on Tuesday, because again, you don't know if, if Johnson's going to be fine. You don't want to waste that money, but um, it it could be a situation where that guy could be a week, a difference maker for you in week six. Yeah, there's another injury that I think could impact how much you spend on waivers, and that's the Sam Darnold situation. Do you guys think he plays? Yes, I hope so. Because so, that yeah. that would help his receivers. It would help everybody on the Jets. Yeah, on one hand, it would make Crowder and and Anderson, who are both owned in less than 60% of leagues, worth looking at. And obviously, Hernan, we've been talking about for weeks. On the other hand, uh, the Cowboys DST, I mean, the Eagles DST, they were a league winner last week against the Jets. They scored Mm -hmm. 44 fantasy points, depending on the format. Uh, And Luke Falk is, you know, he's just not getting it done. So, you know, the Cowboys DST just hasn't really been that great this year, other than, like, the Dolphins game. Actually, they were good against the Saints, but... Um, they didn't do great against the Giants. They didn't do great against the Redskins. I don't know that I want to spend on them if, uh, and they're 65% owned, if Darnold plays. But if Falk I'd plays... I'd still take a look at them even if Darnold does play. Take I mean, a look, yeah, but talk- I mean, uh, like spending with the... Yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, yep. Um, the Jets have given up at least 14 fantasy points to opposing DSTs every game this year, including week one. Yeah. With Sam Darnold. And, Buffalo, and well, the other yeah. part of that is in week one, they got six points against them on a Josh Allen pick six. So it wasn't like their offense was scoring a lot even in that week. Let's Yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to the priorities. It's game time, baby. It's Tully time. Top editions presented by Tullamore Dew. We're going to go top three waiver wire priorities at every position. And Jamie, I'll let you start with the quarterbacks this week. You know, it's not a great week, but I think you got to buy into Minshew. You know, he's just been playing at such a high level right now. And um, it's now four or five games with at least 20 more fantasy points. It's uh, it's an interesting matchup because the Saints have given up at least 21 or more fantasy points. I believe it's four or five uh, of, of their games so far this season. The one that wasn't was was against Dak. Um, but on the road and, you know, with the way Minshew's playing right now, I, I think 
he has the chance to be in that range. So he's he's a low end starter. Um, so he'd be my favorite quarterback one for sure. Yeah, I've got him as a top fifteen quarterback as well. We might debate over the second best quarterback to take. There's Kyle Allen, Andy Dalton, maybe Teddy Bridgewater's on your list. For me, it's Allen going up against Tampa Bay. Um, that Bucks defense is starting to fall apart, especially in the secondary. You saw Teddy Bridgewater have a pretty easy game, but the receivers, especially Michael Thomas, just making plays after the catch. I think that's what the Panthers receivers are great at doing, and we could see them have a, a real big day. So I like Allen's second best if you can't get Minshew. Yeah, I'll take Dalton without Jefferson there now for uh, – for the Ravens, um, uh, you know, he he got you the 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 numbers I was expecting, twenty two fantasy points. Uh, I think he'll be in that same range, so I, I like him him second. And I actually take Bridgewater third. I think just the way that he's playing, you know, twenty or more fantasy points in two of the three starts right now, and, and I think he keeps it going, especially if uh, if Ramsey's out again for the Jaguars. Uh, I guess uh, Kirk Cousins needs to be mentioned too. He's probably fourth, and he's facing the Eagles. They've allowed twenty four or more fantasy points to Ryan Rogers and Keenum. Um, but actually their, their pass defense hasn't, hasn't been that bad. The thing about the Eagles is their run defense is so good that teams are throwing a lot, uh, but I don't know that they can stop Dalvin Cook. I don't know that anybody can stop Dalvin Cook. So we'll talk about Cousins a little bit later. So the names we mentioned, Gardner Minshew against the Saints, Kyle Allen at Tampa Bay, that's Dave's second favorite. Andy Dalton is Jamie's second favorite, and Teddy Bridgewater is also on the list facing the Jaguars who gave up 28 points to Flacco, but 13 points to Kyle Allen in their last two games. All right, Dave, who are the running backs we're looking at this week? I I don't necessarily have a preference for a top guy. I think getting Chase Edmonds first makes a lot of sense because we just don't know about David Johnson's status, but you, I, you can't spend a lot of fab on him. If you want to make your top waiver priority him, you better make sure you just don't need anything at tight end or if you need depth at wide receiver. If you don't need those two things, you can make him the top priority. Otherwise, I feel like it's a good week to just get the the handcuff to your lead back if you don't have him already. If you've got Christian McCaffrey, no excuses now. Reggie Bonifon is the one that you need to have on your bench. If you've got Aaron Jones, I think Jamal Williams is worth getting. If you've got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison is still out there on the waiver wire, make that investment. If you've gone five weeks without that backup guy, and your record is good, and you've got the space to do it, then do it. Get that handcuff on your bench so if emergency hits, at least you've got that preparation ready to go for your lineup. Okay, Chase Edmonds, handcuffs. I think I really am interested to see if Jamal Williams, if he plays this week, if he's still going to have that double-digit touch role, and it could be very valuable. Jamie, who are some other running backs if you want to throw out a few names? Aside from these guys? Um, well, I didn't mention Hilleman. Right. I mean, Hill, Hilleman, you know, with, with Barkley, there's a report he's probably not going to play, which, you know, makes sense logically that they give him an extra 10 days to get ready uh, with the ankle injury and then Gallman's in the concussion protocol. But Edmonds and Hilleman, to me, are the are the two guys that you have to get this week. Um, it just, again, with the unknown with David Johnson and Hilleman is, uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. But I, I think if you're stuck and bye weeks and injuries and whatnot, you know, the the five or six points that he'll get probably in non-PPR and the, you know, eight to ten that he'll get you in PPR just by the touches is is worth picking up. And, you know, who knows? Hopefully Barkley's fine. But with Gallman being concussed, you know, I don't think it's going to be a long-term situation for either of those two guys, but you never know. So it's not worth investing heavily in terms of fab. But if you just have a roster spot to toy with, you know, it, it's it's something that you just want to put on the end of your bench. I don't think the Giants are going to win this week. I 
<laughs> you know, I don't want to like you I don't, don't want to say. say crazy stuff, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, if if these three players were available in your leagues, who would you prioritize? Royce Freeman facing Tennessee, Adrian Peterson at Miami. They allow the most fantasy points to the running backs. They've allowed five rushing and four receiving touchdowns to running backs. That's Adrian Peterson at Miami or Peyton Barber facing Carolina. That's Royce Freeman, Adrian Peterson, Peyton Barber. They're all owned between 70 and 75% of leagues. Who would your favorite be in that group? If I needed to win this week, it would be Peterson. If I needed to stash somebody, it would be Freeman, and Barber would be third in both categories. Yep. All right. Perfect. Well, Peterson would be third in the I just need to stash somebody category. Okay, Michael Gallup I want to talk about as we move on to wide receiver. Michael Gallup to me is exactly what we said about Cortland Sutton. Uh, you know, it, he was available last week, Cortland Sutton, in like 30% of leagues, and now he's mm-hmm. not. Gallup obviously looks like, doesn't he look like a guy that needs to be pretty much owned everywhere? Yes. Yeah, As, I mean, we said that last week when right. he was coming back and he was at 65%. So, um, you know, you, you see what the upside can be for him, and we saw it in the first two weeks of the season. So, absolutely, he, he'd be the way that I wrote it in the column was that if he's available, he's the number one player to add, no matter the position. Ah, all right, beautiful. So, who else at wide receiver, Dave? It's not an exciting list. Again, uh, Mohamed Sanu is out there. Auden Tate is out there. I think those are two guys that can help you as soon as this week. Crowder and Anderson for the Jets are guys that are going to get picked up and stashed. Byron Pringle for the Chiefs, if he ends up being um, the, if, if it ends up being that Sammy Watkins doesn't play and Pringle does play, it's a pretty good matchup as long as Patrick Mahomes just doesn't get knocked around a lot and hopefully Pringle will have a chance to do something with seven or eight targets. We've said the exact same thing for Demarcus Robinson and, and Nicole Hardman over the past couple of weeks and for Watkins too. And those guys really didn't get it done. So you're taking a little bit of a chance with Pringle, but he's still somebody that's available and you can certainly get him and use him as a potential flex this week. So I, I think he'd also make the list in PPR leagues. I think DD Westbrook, if you, if he's still out there, you can make a case for him being worth the roster spot. And how about this for a sleeper? Preston Williams of the Dolphins, just for week number six, he could end up having a pretty good week because that Redskins pass defense is so bad. Yeah, you're looking at, at the Redskins. So Allen Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Josh Gordon, they didn't score. But Devin Smith had a better game than Amari Cooper. Deshaun Jackson had a better game than Alshon Jeffrey. It seems like number two receivers are really crushing them. I don't know if that means anything to you. Uh, you know, Choosing between Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, basically, who you're going with. The targets have been slightly in favor of Preston Williams. For the first four games, the last couple have been slanted a little bit towards Parker. They don't have a number one guy, and Albert Wilson may come back. He missed the last three games with a hip and a calf injury, so that's something to take into account as well. Uh, I would favor Williams over Parker just because I think that's the guy that Josh Rosen seems to lean on a little bit more, but they're both very similar. Parker just had his best game before their bye week. He scored his first touchdown. Williams hasn't scored a touchdown since week one, so they're they're both kind of in the same scenario of you know, their dart throws, it's a very good situation. I agree with Dave. They're both good sleepers for this week. Um, I just want to go back to the Jets guys for a second. The one thing that I'm concerned about is we saw last week's game, and it could be a product of Luke Falk, uh, but with Anderson and Crowder, is Demarius Thomas now being sort of wedged into this whole situation because um, he was not there week one. And I think that sort of makes it a little bit more of a crowded scenario, which is why if you're watching in a, a, us on the YouTube channel, you didn't see their names pop up on the graphic. I have them lower on the priority list. Because I'm just concerned about, A, when will 
everything sort of work for them. The schedule the next two weeks is not pretty in terms of uh, the two defenses that they're facing. And so I'm concerned about both Crowder and Anderson being sort of at the level that we thought they were going to be after that week one performance, mostly for Crowder, but over the season for Anderson, because I just think now Thomas is going to be a little bit of an annoying factor. He led them in targets last week. So they're not your favorite stash receivers off of waiver. Because I, I feel like that there's two types of receivers to go and get almost every week, but certainly this week. Guys that can help you now, and I don't think those two can help you now. But I think there's a lot of young receivers that are, are widely available that could help you. And if you're not into the Jets, you can go look for A.J. Brown with the Titans, who had a touchdown called back. And uh, our, our Ben Gretsch noted that he ran routes on 74% of his snaps last week. Darius Slayton with the Giants. We don't know how long Sterling Shepard will be out. Anthony Miller's playing time continues to creep up with Chicago, and Mitchell Trubisky is going to be back soon for them. And Deontay Johnson has made plays. We just don't know what the quarterback situation is in Pittsburgh. So if, if you're looking for long-term sleepers at receiver, I don't think you have to settle on the Jets, guys. But I do think that there's an opportunity, um, Crowder, PPR, Anderson, and Non, where they can be helpful as like number three receivers. Oh, I, I, I agree with Crowder, and, and I'm hopeful for Anderson. I just, I'm just concerned that with you know Thomas not playing and, and being a factor and you know Adam Gase having a track record with him and a, being a veteran guy, that he's just going to sort of be okay. This is Thomas's play. This is Crowder's play. This, you know, and, and it's just right. kind of being a little bit of an annoying situation where Quincy Anunua as the third guy to open the season doesn't command the same respect. And so that's just the 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 nature of it for me is that and you also have Herndon too. You know, the fact that he's in in the mix now also that we're not going to see 17 targets for Jamison Crowder uh, consistently. That was never going to be the case. But, you know, is he going to see eight plus targets consistently, even as a slot guy? And so I just don't want people to go, oh, my gosh, it's now Sam Donald back and it's all systems go to what we thought. I hope it's the case. I just don't know if that'll be the situation. Kind of reminds me of the Panthers, you know, where Greg Olson's had two stinkers in a row and that for then Moore has a good game. And yeah, it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating. You like teams where the targets are more concentrated, I suppose. Um, you also like to get a good night's sleep, and uh, the baseball playoffs, I would say, are not helping with that. But when was the last time you really slept great? Isn't it strange that we'll try just about anything to sleep better when it actually could just be time for a new mattress? So go to Sleep Number, and if you want to find a Sleep Number store near you, there are 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. You can find the nearest one at sleepnumber.com FFT. If you're not getting the quality sleep you deserve... I recommend my bed, the Sleep Number bed. It's the biggest sale of the year, by the way, right now at Sleep Number. All beds are on sale. Queen mattresses start at just $899. It's an awesome price for a queen mattress. So here's the thing, right? You're, sometimes you want your mattress to be firmer or softer, and that's what the Sleep Number bed is famous for. You can adjust each side so it's right for both people sleeping in the bed, and it helps keep you asleep. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts so you're effortlessly comfortable all night. And JD Power says Sleep Number is is the number one. It's number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses. For 2018 award information, visit jdpower.com. And again, come in during the biggest sale of the year for a limited time. Save 50% on a Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. You'll only find it at one of their 575 stores. Get to the nearest Sleep Number store at sleepnumber.com. Slash FFT. All right, let's go to the prize of the waiver wire this week, the tight ends. Who's your favorite, Hunter Henry or Chris Herndon, or is it Gerald Everett? It's another one of, do you need somebody for this week or do you need somebody long-term? Because Everett's the best one this week, hopefully. 
uh, you know, if Brandon Cooks is out, then it's easy to say Everett has a chance for a big game. But I think it's going to be one of those situations where we could be a little bit let down because Jared Goff threw 117 passes the last two weeks. So everybody's targets were sort of elevated a little bit. And then Everett's numbers popped against the Seahawks with uh, with Cooks going down. So, you know, it's 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 a two game sample size versus what he's been over the course of his career. But I think it's still worth investing in if you need somebody for this week, especially since he's so widely available. But if you just need a stash candidate, it's Hunter Henry one and Chris Herndon two. And both those guys should be better than Everett long term. If things hold to form, you know, Hunter Henry should step in and, and be a significant player for for the Chargers, as we hoped. And as we saw, at least in week one and Herndon, you know, there's the opportunity for him to be a primary uh, target for Sam Darnold in this Jets offense. Again, it's going to be crowded, you know, with Crowder and and. Anderson and, and Thomas, but I think based on what we heard from Adam Gase in the preseason and the offseason and what you know he sort of was trending toward last year in terms of Herndon, there's a there's a strong opportunity at a weak position for him to help you. But I, I'd put Henry and Herndon ahead of Everett for a long term scenario and Everett ahead of both those guys who need somebody for week six. So the one thing that I like about Everett is that his playing time has been up each of the last four games. He's been over fifty percent of the snaps in all four, and he's been above 70% of the snaps in three of the four. So he's playing a lot for the Rams. That doesn't necessarily equate to huge fantasy points like the last two weeks have shown us, but I like that he's involved. Whereas last year, I think there were only four games where he played more than half. And the it was snaps. when Cooper Cup went down. Yeah, it sure was. And now he's playing with all three guys healthy. And if you take uh, Cooks out of the mix in week number six, then there's definitely a chance for him to do well. So yeah, I think Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett might be the priority if you need a tight end for this week. Right, yeah, I mean, that makes... Okay, so we're in agreement there. Um, would you drop Greg Olson, who has a great matchup for no. one of these guys? But this is the this is the make-or-break week. It's just so hard to leave Hunter Henry on waivers when you think about what we thought about right. him going on. But, so but like, like, we don't know if he's going to play, so I, I wouldn't mind keeping Henry... Like, if you have Greg Olson, and you could start Olson mm-hmm. this week, and then he has a bye next week... And then and get Henry and get or Henry. get Herndon. Right. Right. Do it now, though. Idea. But you do it now because you know it's a make or break week for Olsen. He should be able to put up some good numbers this week. If he doesn't, cut him. He's off your team. And you've got I'm, Hunter I'm, Henry. I'm going to guess most, Chris people, Herndon. most people are cutting him after this week, even if he does play well, just because of the bye week. Maybe. Right. You're right. Uh, DSTs. I mean, Cowboys, right? Uh, the Ravens, if they're still available, you know, I think they'll have an opportunity to at least make things uncomfortable for Andy Dalton. There's a bunch, you know, and, and they're not like um, they're not the Eagles or, you know, what I thought the Titans would be. But I think you look at uh, the Dolphins and the Redskins, you know, just <laughs> given what a poop hole that could be in the in the in the tank for Tua situation. You want a funny story um, in regards to the Dolphins? So is uh, there one? Talk- <laughs> yes, very. Fun. There are, okay. are going to be a lot of funny stories coming out. of So this. we had Kenyon Drake in our studio as part of uh, FFT on uh, CBS Sports HQ. And apparently I slipped when I said uh, welcoming him to the show. I said, thanks for being here. No, you did it. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Not on purpose. Oh, my I said, gosh. You know, we're not pleased to have Kenyon Drake joining us here on the show. Kenyon, thanks so much for being here. Oh my gosh, that is awful! But, uh, did and he amazing. notice? No. Did he give you the side no. eye or no, anything? No, no, no. He didn't. You know, because I talk fast and I was, uh, you know, trying to move us along a little bit because it was toward the end of the show, and uh, I got off the show and all the producers were like, "I can't believe all the little jabs you slipped in there." And I was like, oh, "What? Did, what do you mean?" Like, well, you said thanks for joining us, and I was like, "What? No, I didn't." And they they played back. The t- I had to listen to it three times to to make sure that I actually said that. Gosh. Um, we were. Uh, we, we were asked uh, politely not to, uh, you know, talk about the Dolphins because he didn't want to put himself in any, you know, sort of bad situations. 
but obviously we had to ask him about himself and um, we talked to him about Alabama and I, uh, I said to him, this was on purpose. I said, cause he played at Alabama. I said, obviously a lot of Dolphins fans are keeping an eye on, on Alabama's football games, but you're watching them for selfish reasons. So, yeah, yeah that's fine. I mean, Hey, uh-huh. you know, get, get to a, um, yeah. So that's amazing. That's almost as bad as my Marshawn Lynch moment on fantasy football today, way back in the day. Uh, if you're wondering what that is, I declared Marshawn Lynch out for a, like a very important <laughs> game late in the season, and he wasn't at all. Um, yeah, there's more to it than that. But that was one of my worst moments. Okay, so we'll get into DSTs later. But did we? Oh, you said the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens, if they're still available, they're yeah. above our threshold. The Dolphins and the Redskins. I like the Dolphins a little bit better just because we don't know who's going to be the quarterback for Washington. Uh, I think you look at the Packers, you know, just uh, hopefully getting after Ma- Matthew Stafford a little bit. Um, with their pass rush, the Steelers, I think their defense has kind of been keeping them afloat. And I, I like the situation against the Chargers just because I think they'll get after Phillip Rivers a little bit. The 49ers playing great. Uh, Jared Goff has been a little turnover prone. So they're not bad. I don't um, like these Seattle. options very much. I got to tell oh, you. Oh, no, these are, these are I don't not like great them. options. You know, but again, they're, they're Stick with the DSD you have in a lot of leagues. Uh, well, somebody's got to replace, replace the Bears for a lot of people. Yeah. So. And the Bills. You know, um, and the Bills. Yeah. Um, and then the the Seahawks, you know, just with the way that Baker Mayfield's been playing. Yeah, if the Chargers are available, that'd be awesome. They're 79% owned. But, you know, going up against a third-string quarterback for Pittsburgh, that could that could be the Eagles situation. But they are very owned, 79%. Uh, Dave, real quick IDP. I want to I wanna get to the games Sunday night. I, know, I don't have him right now. All right, then that's, that's what quick What about Anthony hell. Walker? What, what's he at? He didn't do that well. <laughs> In um in week, but you know what I noticed like, oh god, I think it was uh, Mayo on the Giants. He had like eight tackles. And I'm like, when these guys fill in at middle linebacker, it's a really yeah. good opportunity. So if Leonard's out again, well, but Walker, they're on a bye. They're on a bye. So yeah, don't, don't forget, forget it. it. Yeah, yeah. We have nobody for IDP right now. We'll get you. We'll get you some uh, news and notes. Redskins fired Jay Gruden. Bill Callahan is the interim head coach. Dwayne Haskins will not start this week. Tyreek Hill could play this week. Sammy Watkins left with a hamstring injury and destroyed fantasy owners in the process. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, we don't know who's going to play. Do you, do you have a, an inkling on who might play this week in the Chiefs uh, wide receiver unit as they face Houston? I'd be I'd be surprised at this point if Tyreek Hill does not play, given that uh, he's been practicing and, and trending in the right direction, and this was the timetable window that he was expected to return. So this is the, the only concern about picking up Byron Pringle is that he may not be active. If both guys are, are certainly healthy, but if Tyreek Hill plays, they may not need him. Okay. Hunter Henry has a chance to play. The Patriots release Ben Watson. Sterling Shepard's out with a concussion, and he could be out for a while. Wayne Gallman is out this week. ESPN reporting Wayne Gallman will not play. He has a concussion. Saquon uh, Barkley is probably out, it seems. So, yeah, John Hilleman. There's an I in there. Hilleman. Evan Ingram has a knee injury. He's not... I, I mean, he's probably going to play, I think, but not necessarily. So I just don't see the Giants winning. I don't know, guys. Adam Gase <laughs> said he actually needs to evaluate Chris Herndon in practice before activating him, but we are assuming Herndon will get activated, but just something to keep in mind. AJ Green Gase has his eyes on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, AJ Green will not play this week. Jacksonville tight end James O'Shaughnessy tore his ACL. Uh, and Deshaun Jackson. And he had been playing well. That's yeah. too bad. Yeah, he had been. Uh, Deshaun Jackson getting close to returning. Don't think it's going to be this week. The Bills traded Zay Jones to the Raiders. Who are you more interested in, Zay Jones or his fill-in in Buffalo, Duke Williams? 
Zay Jones, just because there's an opportunity for him to, you know, maybe be the number two guy there. And as we saw last year at the end of the season, 17 or more PPR points in four of his final seven games. So, you know, when he has an opportunity to play, he was good. He just hasn't been getting that opportunity with John Brown and Cole Beasley ahead of him. So it's a, it's a good deal for him. I think it's a good deal for, uh, for Buffalo to give, you know, a guy that they seem to like in Duke Williams the bigger opportunity. He looked like a tight end, Duke Williams. He did. He scored. I thought I thought that was me nuts. too. Uh, I was like that tight end. Yeah. Well, well, well yeah. Not. What tight end is that? Oh no, it's Duke. Wow, <laughs> yeah. that's Duke Williams. Because I, I I didn't remember him looking quite that husky. I guess maybe he's always been that Big way. Big dude. Uh, yeah, but Zay Jones like caught a ton of short passes at East Carolina. Perfect fit for Derek Carr and, and the dinking that he does. Could be a PPR. Could be an interesting PPR guy. Marquise Brown's ankle injury is nothing serious, according to Jim Harbaugh. Tennessee cut Cairo Santos, expected to sign Cody Parkey. Doug Peterson said Jordan Howard is becoming the lead back. We will see mm. at Minnesota, at, at Dallas, at Buffalo. Really, are they all three road games, or did I screw that up? Yes, they have three straight yeah. road games. And then Chicago, and then a bye, and then New England. We've said it so many times that the, the Eagles are about to walk into a serious gauntlet here. Uh, but Darren Sproles is out. He's week to week with a ham- with a quad strain. Philip Dorsett, we expect him this week? Quick week? Uh, probably not, no. Oh, come on, Josh Gordon. And uh, James Washington left with a shoulder injury. So do we know about him? And does that make Deontay Johnson even more exciting? Uh, it would be it, more exciting if they had a quarterback that we'd feel. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out if Devlin Hodges can play. I mean, you know, it's not like Mason Rudolph is the end-all be-all. So I, I think it's one of those situations where you don't need to pick up Deontay Johnson now unless you have an open roster spot because they have their bye week next week. But if you can stash someone, uh, you know, Rudolph should return, I would hope, after their bye week. Um, but Washington is, is somebody you can cut if you still have him. All right. So I want to talk about the two games, Sunday night and Monday night. Now, yesterday, Will Brinson and I got into a, a shouting match. No surprise. He's worried about the Chiefs' offense, and I'm just not. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Chiefs' offense? Well, well what, worry in the sense of them being terrible or worry in the sense of them being what we expected them to be or what they were last year? Because I think those are two different things. Uh, no. He, well, he doesn't think they're going to be terrible, but he's just like looking at them and you know, I don't want to speak for him. I don't I don't want to misquote him or anything like that. But my basic thought was like, dude, this was their worst game. They're going to be... This was the worst case scenario. They had the ball for 22 minutes and 45 seconds. It's like, they're the Chiefs. They're Let's trust their track record. They're going to be fine. They played the game without Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. That made sure, a difference. But there, 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 were, there were four things that I didn't like about this game. Uh, one was the offensive line continues to get banged up and beat up, and now they're going to miss another guy. And so that's a concern. Uh, two, you're dealing with injuries now because they didn't have to deal with that last year to both receivers, as you mentioned, Adam. And the quarterback. That's the third one, is that Mahomes is now taking some hits and is he going to have to sort of gut it out through some injuries? And so the the upside is is lowered a little bit. And then the fourth one, I did not know what they were doing with their running back situation because that just made absolutely no sense to just completely abandon the ground game, completely abandon LaShawn McCoy and just say, okay, we're going to just go with Damian Williams as the lead guy coming off of a three-game or two-game absence, you know, two-and-a-half games uh, missing time with a knee injury, and go away from McCoy, who's been running very well. You heard so the explanation it, that Andy Reid gave? No, I did not. He said, we wanted to take advantage of the Colts' banged-up secondary, so they basically just decided to throw the ball How, the entire— It's you, so crazy. But that's what he are said. You it's like, it's so, like they wanted to make it harder on themselves. They yeah, didn't even think twice about really their foolish. run defense. They've got a terrible <laughs> yeah. run defense. Exactly. They, they literally went in the exact opposite direction that they should have gone in. 
So yeah. I, there, there, you know, I, I mean, look, Andy Reid's a smart guy. He's going to figure it out. Uh, I don't have any concerns about that and, and, you know, reevaluating things against the Texans. And I'm sure that this is going to be uh, one of the, the better games of the week, at least on paper. But th- there are some flaws. And so you're, you're starting to see that, uh, you know, it may not be as explosive. And, and so that's, I think, where the concern is. Like you said, Adam, they're the Chiefs. They'll figure it out. They have the best quarterback in football and, and, and maybe the best play caller. But, you know, there's only so many things that he can overcome if he doesn't have two of his top receivers and his offensive line has fallen apart. Uh, do you think – yeah, so I would just say to finish it up for me, Patrick Mahomes' ankle is really the, the big thing. I think, okay, if he's hurt, then it's a, it's a situation here. But he was playing outstanding before this game. I know he didn't throw a touchdown against the Lions, but he still played great. So I just didn't want to overreact to a bad game, and they obviously need to get the running game going. So two things. Which running back would you – Rather have going forward, Williams or McCoy? And second one, we answer this one first. Demarcus Robinson, 84% owned. Would you drop him for Muhammad Sanu or Auden Tate or somebody like that? I think this is a Tuesday-Wednesday conversation because Tuesday, no. But Wednesday, we find out Tyreek Hill's full practice, then yes. I think Tyreek Hill's going to come back soon enough anyway that you can you can let go. Of sure, but, but the one thing about it, though, is if Tyreek and Sammy Watkins are out, then Demarcus Robinson is very much in play this week. So that's the, the, the trade-off. Sure. I guess it depends on how badly you need a receiver for this week versus the rest sure. of the season. Yeah. And then, yeah, McCoy or Damian Williams, rest of season. I still lean toward McCoy, but it, it's, you know, that, that shows you how much they think of Damian Williams this past game. They said that the reason why they didn't want to use McCoy as much is because of some pass protection issues. And it, it had nothing to do with the fumble that he had in the game. But why? I don't know. Well, the, the fumble came after Damian Williams. Sure, sure, sure. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, Damian started, right? He was the one that played the most early on. So to me, that just looked like, well, Damian didn't lose his job because of bad play. He lost it because he got hurt. So he gets it back now, and then we'll see what happens. That's what it looked like to sure. me. I think LaShawn's looked pretty good, despite the fact that, you know, he holds the ball all the way out here. But he's always done that. Though. I know, but he usually hangs on to it. He just yeah, couldn't do it He didn't do it, do it, it on but, the fumble, though. He actually... <laughs> no, he didn't do it on the fumble. No, he got it. punched out. Yeah. 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 Um, and for you people that are, you know, disappointed in Travis Kelsey, I get it. He's been good, but not great. He's on pace, though, for more yards than he had last year. So he's on pace for three touchdowns. He scored 10 of them last year, uh, but he's on pace for 1,405 yards. His yards per catch is way up. He's on pace for 138 targets, not 150 like he had last year. But you just like he's gonna freaking score eventually. I, I think. Of course, <laughs> we we saw it with Ertz and Kittle this past week. We'll yeah. see it with Kelsey. There you go. He'll he'll beast up. All right, Cleveland 31, San Francisco three. We'll talk about this and then we'll uh, get back into the waiver wire and players to drop. So I think we mostly covered Cleveland. You know, Nick Chubb still manages to have a good game. He's a number five running back in fantasy right now. As far as San Francisco goes, you know, I said on Twitter I wanted to I wanted to find out if Jimmy Garoppolo was good, and then at the end of the game I said inconclusive, but he scored 19 <laughs> fantasy points. He just doesn't throw the ball that much. They are such a running team. Kyle Juszczyk's injury though could really change things. Uh, what is your overall thought on the on this offense? I mean, like it's it's a really weird offense for a four and O team to have basically no good wide receivers. And and get not you know mediocre play at quarterback. It's just strange. Uh, what what do you think about this uh, Niners offense right now? I wouldn't necessarily mediocre play at quarterback. I think he's a little bit better than that. He's just not having a great fantasy season so far. But you know, I think he's, he's been he's mediocre. You know, like I think he's better than. It I give him a little matter. more credit. It doesn't. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Whatever. That's cool. That's cool. Um, 
Wasn't this your boy? My yeah, my biggest my, my biggest receiver. thing that I was hoping to see was which receiver would he favor? And we didn't get an answer to that. You know, I, I still I'll go back to what I said coming into the last week was I still think the high ceiling is is Goodwin just because of the big play potential. But you know, there there's no answers right now between Goodwin, Pettis, and um Debo. And, and and Debo and you know Pettis should have had a touchdown uh, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. There was a slant route that he dropped and there was nobody in front of him. So I I thought he, had he scored that, you know, maybe it's now two touchdowns in a row. You could build off of that. But you know, right now there's no reason to say I have to have one of the San Francisco receivers even in some plus matchups coming up. And if he catches that touchdown, obviously that's another touchdown to Jimmy Garoppolo. And now he goes from being a mediocre fantasy quarterback to hey, he's actually not that bad of a fantasy quarterback. And then you think back to Week One and all the touchdowns called back then. I, I, I think you're missing the boat on Garoppolo. I think he's pretty good. I've got him as a top 12 quarterback again this week. And I look at the receivers and I still think that they're all the same. I think the, the, the beauty of this offense is actually tough on fantasy managers because they've got three running backs that they can mix and match and use wherever they want. I like that they paired it down to two though. Uh, all of Moser's touches came in the end. Of the yeah, game. sure. That's fair. But Coleman and Brita played the same amount of snaps. They both, I believe, had the same amount of, or no, it was one more red zone tut, or snap for Tevin Coleman than for Brita. Brita's touchdown catch was his first red zone, or, sorry, I'm all over the place, the third red zone snap he's had this season. Coleman usually gets those touches, and he was in the game before Brita came in for the catch. Yeah, I, I think part of the, another reason why Garoppolo didn't have a huge game is because the run game was working. And Kyle Shanahan was leaning on it, and I don't blame him for doing that. That's what they do. And anytime they're they've team. got a matchup, any right. So anytime they've got a matchup against a defense that is not great against the run, I would expect oh. both Coleman and Breida to have at least decent games. But the Browns were much better against the run than they were against the pass. They once again came in without Williams and uh, and uh, Ward, Ward, and they ran all over them. So that's that's my concern with Garoppolo is that he's just not going to throw enough. You know, I'm I'm no, not sure how many times he's going to get thirty. Team. This this, very this game is so interesting coming up in week yep. six because if the, if the Rams offense shows up, then Garoppolo is going to have to throw. But if the Rams offense continues to just give up points early in the game, and it's because the 49ers are running the ball, then it's going to be a similar game plan because they can just sort of not necessarily go into a shell, but they don't have to throw. All right. So last question here: Which running back do you want? Coleman. Coleman, but I I kind of want to have both of them. Yes, uh, I, I got asked this question by Eric Casillas on, uh, on on our post game show. He said, "Which one, which running back would you rather have?" And I said, "Yes." Um, <laughs> you know, you, you take both Coleman. I just think you know you take away the big touchdown run from Brita, and and Coleman's numbers are better. So you know, Brita just had the the carry on where the hole was gaping. I mean, he's he's electric, and and you saw the the speed when he was able to get into open field. But I just think Coleman is the lead rusher. Um, also the I, red zone guy. I, I was I was a little bit upset that he didn't have any catches, but I think that'll come. And Brita, you know, if he's going to be the the receiving downs back, then that gives him some added boost. But you know, I think Coleman is a is a solid number two running back. Brita's a borderline number two in a flex. And if you have one or two or both, you know, that's the tough call. But if you have one of the two guys, you could feel comfortable starting them. Rams, Redskins, Panthers, Cardinals. Those are the 49ers' next four games. Good yeah, for the running. Well, back. it's for the running. Yeah. And it's interesting to see if the Rams' pass defense is as horrible as it's been the last two games or as great as it, as it was the 10 games before that. We're going to take a break on fantasy football today. When we come back, we'll finish up with the waiver wire. We've already given you a lot of names. We'll give you a few more, and we'll talk about who to drop this week. And we've got some IDPs at the end of the show. We're coming right back. 
What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So this might be a week where your difficult decisions are not necessarily who to add, but who to drop. So do you guys have any players that, you know, you might have to make tough decisions on or you recommend dropping? I have a few names if you'd like me to throw those at you since I just put you on the spot with this. But, you know, who are we looking at? I mean, I give you the names I put in the column. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Give me a, give me a few of those. I mean, Baker is easy. Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if you want to hold on to him and turn to bye week. Um, Devin Singletary. How about Wayne? Ooh. How about Wayne Gallman? I think you drop him, right? You can drop Gallman. Uh, you can drop Gallman. Um, we've talked about these guys several times over the last few weeks, but certainly in non PPR leagues, especially ten team formats, Tariq Cohen, Chris Thompson, and Duke Johnson. Oh, Duke, yeah, Duke needs to go. So, so Singletary is interesting. You ready to pull the plug there? There and they're in there. Well, by. I think if you're stuck and you need something to do. To make a move, you know, you're holding on to a guy in his bye week that hasn't played in two weeks, and yeah. you know, we keep getting reports that he's going to be back soon. Who knows if that's the case? So, I, I, I don't think it's a slam dunk to hold him. I also don't think it's a slam dunk to cut him. But he's in the, he's, you know, the way that I phrase it to you and how I send you the notes is he's a drop candidate. So he's somebody that because is is on the chopping block. But you would try and drop. Like I would compare him to some other players that maybe like Baker Mayfield or Devin Singletary. You can you can cut oh, one. Baker, You're gonna let go of Baker. Yeah, Baker. I don't I don't think I think you would prefer to have Singletary on your bench Agreed. for the second half of the season, hoping that he can break out. Well I wouldn't want to put that on the waiver wire for somebody else to get. I got one. But if for he's you. your worst guy, then do what you gotta do. How about Singletary or Frank Gore? Who would you rather cut? Oh, Singletary. I'd rather have Singletary. Wait. I'd rather cut Singletary. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Dave would rather keep Singletary than Gord. Jamie yeah. would rather keep Gord than Singletary. So I understand the difference in philosophy there. Um, Mike Williams, Marvin Jones. Did you see someone you love? Do you think they're they're okay to cut? I mean, Mike Williams just said, what, a career high in targets? And and he's not having a very good season. You could say no. It's fine. I'm just Yeah, no, no. I wouldn't cut him. I wouldn't cut Marvin Jones either. But I would... In a non-PPR league, I might cut those guys before Singletary. And maybe I'm just high on Singletary, hoping that he can come through. Again, two more receivers that I would prefer not to cut, but if I needed to, I would. All right, let's talk about quarterbacks now. So um, Garoppolo, you can check and see if these guys are available. Garoppolo at the Rams. Two straight quarterbacks have thrown four touchdown passes against the Rams. And that was after they were great for 10 straight weeks, basically. Um, Matthew Stafford is another one. Do you like Stafford this week? At, you know, do you like him in general because he's at Green Bay and at Minnesota and home against Minnesota? They're both top ten in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. 
Uh, how much of a priority would Stafford be at 74% on if you saw him? I think Stafford, I mean, look, you know, the the Rams defense showed some flaws the last two weeks. So is the Packers defense. You know, so I think Stafford's going to have a, a game where there's volume for him and he can, uh, he could be a low-end starter. Yep, I've got him at 11th at quarterback, Garoppolo at 12. Oh, how about that? Oh, so then we get to the the players who are widely available. Gardner Minshew against the Saints. Then Dave had Kyle Allen second. Allen at Tampa Bay. Um, the last three quarterbacks. It's in England. Oh, okay. The last three quarterbacks to face the Bucks. Daniel Jones, 37 points. Goff, 24 on like a million pass attempts. And Bridgewater, 34 points. Uh, Dalton would be second for Jamie facing the Ravens. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, third. And it, you, How do you feel about Cousins against the Eagles this week? I wouldn't want to use him. Yeah, I'd put him fourth. So I'd go um, Minshew, Dalton, Bridgewater, Cousins. I'd put him fourth as well, but I'd put him ahead of Bridgewater. I'd go Minshew, uh, Allen, Dalton, Cousins, and then Bridgewater right behind him. All ahead of Baker Mayfield. And are Garoppolo and Stafford ahead of all of these guys? Mm-hmm. Okay. They are for me. Yep. Uh, I'd take Minshew over the other two guys. I'd take Minshew over Garoppolo and, and Stafford. Oh, so Minshew's like really your favorite. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's quarterback, and that's, you know, Sam Darnold, Devlin Hodges in a 2QB league. Josh Rosen. I mean, the Dolphins and the Redskins might actually put up points this week, or maybe they're both just so bad that the DSTs will dominate. Who knows? But um, Josh Rosen against the Redskins. Uh, let's talk about running backs then. So Chase Edmonds is number one just in case you get a missed game from David Johnson. Does it matter to you that... Uh, no, it doesn't matter. The, the, the Falcons actually are allowing only four yards per carry to running backs. And this is amazing. The Falcons are allowing the fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. Three years in a row where they're terrible at that. This year, they're the best so far. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, right? It's funny. They, they finally solved that problem, but they can't figure out any of their other problems <laughs> over the last several years. Yeah, but you got a situation where four or five running backs have either gotten to 100 yards or a touchdown against them, so... I think if you give Edmonds the 18 touches that Johnson has been averaging, he's going to have a big game. And he'll catch the ball well. That's a strength of Edmonds' game is that he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield, and you can count on him to get you some catches that way. It really comes down to whether or not David Johnson plays, obviously. And yeah. Johnson played through the back injury last week. My guess is he gets in some practice this week and they let him play. So... John Hilleman, theoretically starting for the Giants. They also have Eli Penny, who's a fullback. Would you rather have Hilleman this week or Royce Freeman, Adrian Peterson, Peyton Barber, if one of them were available? One of the other three. Hilleman yeah, I'd start, isn't. I'd probably I, I, start Hilleman over Barber. Okay. Barber facing Carolina, who's without Kawan Short and maybe starting to show the effects of it. They've been uh, hurt a little bit by running backs in the last two weeks. Um, so, you know, if you have Ronald Jones, you might be able to actually start him this week. It's just not Perhaps. a great week. Edo Smith, Edo Smith, Jamal Williams, who's a better stash? I'll say Edo because the guy in front of him didn't just run for four touchdowns, hasn't looked good this year. Edo's been getting a nice chunk of the snaps anyway. Um, I, I think you could make a case for Edo to be a not the number one waiver claim, but a potential priority waiver claim if you're looking for running back depth. 
Yeah, I'll go back to what you said, Adam. It's going to be really interesting to see when Jamal Williams does return what his role is. Because Dave's right. I mean, it should be Edo Smith based on who he's playing behind as opposed to who Jamal Williams is playing behind. But before Jamal Williams suffered the concussion, you could say he was the starting running back for the Packers. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, he could. I mean, he got the first snap. That's when he got hurt. He, they both were on the field, but he did get the touch. First touch, excuse me. Yes. Uh, Reggie Bonifant is Carolina's backup running back. Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, Gus Edwards. David said earlier, get your handcuff. Anybody interested in Rex Burkhead in this discussion? It just it just feels as if, you know, every time we buy in, he gets hurt. And yeah. who knows when he's going to be healthy. All right, wide receivers. So I you know, I do kind of feel like you could look at this list and be like, oh, yeah, I could, I could see starting this guy in a pinch. You know, Sanu, D.D. Westbrook, Auden Tate, Byron Pringle. Uh, maybe Geronimo Allison against Detroit, but let's see. Let's start with the wide receivers who are not that available. Michael Gallup, Jamie said, if he's available, he's the number one player this week, regardless of position. Uh, DK Metcalf and McCole Hardman, Jamie, were the two others that you listed in this check to see if they're available group. Uh, Metcalf, Hardman. Yeah, I mean Hardman is the same conversation that we had about Robinson and, and Pringle. If you have both guys out for the Chiefs of Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, then all three backup guys are on the table to play this week. And so Hardman would be somebody I'd just take a look at just to see if those guys don't play. But, you know, if they do play, then Hardman's droppable. But otherwise, Metcalf is going to be kind of what we saw last week, boomer bust. Not a bad guy to sit on the end of your bench when they're good matchups. You know, you take a chance on him to hopefully help you win a week. But Gallup is easy. I mean, he's a, he's a potential star. So, Dave, what did I say for? I said Reggie Bona is Bonafone. Yeah, Bonafone. Okay, thank you, thank you. I actually hate mispronouncing people's names, so I appreciate that. Other wide no problem, Adam. Easier. <laughs> so, Mohamed Sanu, like it's it's pretty good. It's three in a row, right? Three good games in a row. Thirteen, eighteen, and fifteen PPR fantasy points at Arizona who they're not that bad against wide receivers when there's a good tight end, but, man, when there isn't one, they, they just can't cover anyone, I think. Let's just say that. But yeah, like well, our, for one more week. Right. Next you, week, things will change for Arizona because yeah. they'll get Patrick Peterson back. So Right. You, so, can, you, can, you can certainly buy in, and we're continuing to see Matt Ryan um, pelt Sanu with targets. Yeah, the only concern I have is that he went from, I think it was 12 targets to five. And so you saw Ridley have a better game. Um at some point, the Julio Squeaky Wheel game is coming. Could be this week. Makes a lot of sense. So, you know, will Sanu be under seven or eight targets or will he be over seven or eight targets? Because I think that'll just make or break if he's going to be a good fancy play. Because he's not going to score many touchdowns. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yes, last week I was like, he never scores. He never gets red zone targets. And then, of course, he scored. D.D. Westbrook. Yeah. So all this uh, all this DJ Chark talk, Westbrook's not hasn't been so bad. Uh, 11 targets, seven catches for 82 yards. The week before, he only had 66 yards, but he dropped a touchdown. He dropped, I think, three passes. Uh, so how do you feel about him against the Saints this week, Didi? It's going to be an interesting game because if Lattimore shadows Chark, it's going to be tough for Chark. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, you've seen now Westbrook 17 targets his last two games. So, you know, it's it's not like they're going away from him. He just hasn't had the big blow-up games yet like Chark has had. Yeah, and you go back back a Game before that, he had nine targets, D.D. Westbrook. He's 63% owned. Um, and then he's at Cincinnati and then faces the Jets and then Houston. So it's really like it could be a multi-week thing where he's not bad. Um, Auden Tate. So Jamie has it. Sanu, Westbrook, Auden Tate, Byron Pringle. 
Dave, what do you think about that order? Uh, I agree with Sanu at the top. I've got Sanu and then Tate and then uh, Pringle Westbrook, and you could throw the Jets pass catchers in there too. Okay. Keyshawn Johnson, Geronimo Allison, Dolphins guys. I'm excited about Keyshawn Johnson this week if Christian Kirk's out. He had seven it's targets. Great matchup. He didn't do it's, much with it. Yeah. He had seven targets last week, was second on the team, and so he didn't do anything with it, but none of the receivers played well. Right. Well, how much kind of do the theme. Cardinals run it this week? That might depend on defense. How yeah. about this? If David Johnson's out, then Keyshawn Johnson's profile definitely rises. Yeah, I don't think it matters, to be honest. I think that game's going to be a high scoring one. Can you use those two as your bonanza? Mm, wait, it's Arizona. Um, no, or I don't did think you just so. use Atlanta and Houston. I just use, yeah, I just use Atlanta. Yeah. So, wow, the two best games potentially you don't have the chance to use, right? That's all right. We'll figure it out. What's the other one that, what am I missing? But you can't use the Texans and the Chiefs. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be probably... Uh, Dolphins Redskins. Yeah, that's right. Dolphins Redskins, yeah. I think every fantasy relevant player in that game will do well. Like like one of... like Chris Thompson, catch a touchdown. Uh, Darius Slayton. So, not this week, because I just... I don't think the Giants are winning. But not this week, but Slayton is looking like a pretty solid rookie. Caught a touchdown on Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, I was glad Dave dropped him in our dynasty league. I was happy to pick him up. Nice. <laughs> and <laughs> Kiki Cutie... The Jets, guys. All right, we're we're kind of scraping the barrel here. Anything else you want to say? QT's interesting. If Kenny still is out, he has the best game so far. He had four targets, but he did have three catches for 72 yards. Again, um, I, I think that's going to be one where shoot out all over the place. Listen, it just doesn't happen at Arrowhead. Have you noticed that? Like, the wide receivers have been terrible at Arrowhead. Going, It's now 11, it's 12 straight games. We have three wide receivers, three visiting wide receivers with double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR and five wide receivers with 14 or more in PPR in the last 12 games at Arrowhead. non So Adam wide is receivers. saying sit Hopkins, sit Fuller, sit everybody. I'm just saying, this is what happened. Like Hilton had a bad game. Marquise Brown had what? He had two catches for 49 well, yards. When you say Hilton, did Hilton have a bad game or didn't get used? Like, it doesn't matter. It, four carries for 37 yards. Four catches for 37 yards. He had a bad fantasy game. Um... Yeah, I guess the strategy is going to be to go in there and run the ball. Look, obviously, I'm starting Hopkins. And I don't know how you take Fuller out of your lineup. But I'm just saying it's it's 12 games in a row where they've done really well against Is this the best passing attack that they'll face over those 12 games? Uh, no, I doubt it. They face the Patriots. Um, they face the Colts with Andrew Luck. This includes the playoffs. So, um, no, it's not. Okay, moving on, moving on. I got some other names. We're not worried about Marquise Brown not playing, right? Because I was going to say, what about Miles Boykin and Willie Sneed? No, but they seem to prefer Sneed more. And what about Josh Reynolds? Any interest? No. No. Okay. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Tight ends, it's it's, uh, Henry Herndon and Everett. Now, how would you compare them to Jimmy Graham and Greg Olson? It's, I think, goes back to need versus stash because I don't think you could play. You, I don't think you count on 
uh, Henry playing, and then Henry uh, Herndon's a wild card because it's not an easy matchup. It's not a horrible matchup, but it's not an easy one. And how much will he play? You know, given what Adam Gase has said. So I think you look at Olsen easily given the matchup, and um, and Graham. You know, Graham. if if Devonte Adams is out, you know, the, the I, I would expect a better game this week than he did last week. Yeah, last week. I might take Everett over Graham. Uh, true yeah, no, no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I was comparing him to the stash guys. I'm, I'm okay, sorry. right, sure. True or false? So if, yeah, if, you need a tight end. Everett's at the top of the list. If you're looking for a tight end, rest of season, Henry's next, followed by Herndon. Well, who are you ranking? Maybe I missed this. Greg Olson or Everett? Who is ranked higher this week? Olson. I have Everett ranked one spot ahead of Olson, but okay. they're both top ten. How much fab would you spend on Hunter Henry? Um. He might be the only guy this week I'd go over ten percent on. Yeah, he, I, I would I think go I have, over ten percent. I wrote ten to fifteen. Yeah, really? Because I, I, I mean, I could see to fifteen. I could see sure. I could see someone spending like thirty percent on like a sixth round pick at tight end. Right, but it's just a matter of while Anthony Lynn has said he could play this week, the timetable was much longer, so it could be sure still waiting and waiting and waiting. And so, how long do you want to wait that out where you may have to make some decisions? So I don't know if you want to go crazy with your fab on him. All right. Uh, we're dropping O.J. Howard. Yeah. Um, all right, I got no, I got no one. Foster Moreau was the only other guy. And Tyler Higby. Okay. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Foster TST. Moreau to add on their bye week? I'm just looking at tight ends who did anything. So, no. I, right. Higby, like, Dawson Knox is another one that you could potentially have on your bench, but you don't have to add him now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like Higby, I could see an argument for just if you're talking about deeper leagues and maybe even Jeff Swaim. Those are the two I considered writing about, but mm. you know, with Everett being at three percent owned, that's the guy everybody should go get in, in the shallower leagues. All right, DSTs. We like the Cowboys at the Jets. The Packers against Detroit. Packers have had only one one terrible game is against Philadelphia. They've had four good games other than that. The Steelers have th- had three big games in a row. They have thirteen sacks in their last two games. They're at the Chargers. 49ers at the Rams. Dolphins against the Redskins. Redskins against the Dolphins. The Ravens. Yeah. 67% on against the Bengals. I didn't, I didn't send it to you, but Seattle's at 61%. Oh. Yeah, they should be up there. They okay. should be up there, and if I had to pick between the Redskins and the Dolphins, I would take the Redskins. Yeah, I'd take Miami. I think the Seahawks... Would the Seahawks be number one for you guys? Mess. Huh? Would the Seahawks be number one? Um, you, mean you can make a case for it with the way Baker's playing. I, I think they'll bounce back, though. After Cleveland, they've got Baltimore, then they're at Atlanta versus Tampa Bay at San Francisco. Who cares? I, want, I care about week six, my man. Okay. Well, if it's just for week six, then if Darnold's back, you could certainly make the case for it. Yeah, okay, and kickers. I would rather I would rather go for the Cowboys because we just don't know for sure about Darnold. I, I still think even if Darnold plays, the Cowboys are in play here. As the best one? Yeah. Uh, Zane Gonzalez is a kicker. He's good. Josh he Lambeau is a kicker. Chase McLaughlin is a kicker for uh, the Chargers. And Mike Nugent is the Patriots kicker. He missed an extra point or a field goal. That's what goal. they do. And then he made some field goals. Yeah, I think the Patriots win that game. Uh, IDP, Dave, real quick. IDPs, there is not much on the defensive line, unfortunately. Marcus Golden for the Giants might be the best guy there, and he's available in uh, over 80% of the league's linebacker. It's much better. Harold Landry of the Titans. Kevin Minter of the Tampa Bay Bucks, both those guys available in over 95% of leagues. And I'll say Devondre Campbell's name again. He had another double-digit game in week number five. He's available in over 80% of leagues. 
Uh, one more I think linebacker. You should expand the number that you're looking at because most people that play IDP leagues don't do the leagues that we do where it's so deep. And if that's the case, then it's pretty easy to find guys. But I think than you should anyway. give them like the best options, and so like give it like closer to fifty percent. I'm sorry, to like seventy percent ownership as opposed to under sixty-five. Okay. The the other names that I have are AJ Johnson as a short-term option with the Broncos, Eric Reed, uh, defensive back for Carolina, and Rodney McLeod. Rodney McLeod with the Eagles. I would love to know at this point of the season, it's just a quick aside, how many of the like first place or second place teams have the Patriots DST? Like I cannot get over how good the Patriots DST has been and how great their matchups have been every single week and it just continues and continues. That but, secondary might be the best in the NFL. And I don't think it's close. Oh what the, no. They have not faced one better? good passing offense the entire year. Give what secondary is better though? Probably the Bears. Nah. If you include pass rush as part of the I'm formula, not saying pass rush, I'm sure. saying secondary. Just in terms of the guys they cover. You know what they say to opposing quarterbacks? They say, gotta go by. <laughs> There's gotta be better secondaries. The Vikings, the Bears, like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, Vikings secondary has not played as well as you, as, uh, as they've we given they up would. garbage time production, but other than that, they've been pretty good. But you're right. You're right. All right. Uh, so goodbye. We're out of here. Dave? No, 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 no. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.